So now let's go into the discussion with um, Dester as well as Andy on the common bridges that they actually uh, experience, things like that. Okay, so I'll be asking some uh, frequently uh, asked questions by client and partners so we can get you know, Andy and Dester to share uh, their view. Alright, so the first question I have is actually uh, what are the common or even latest cases that you actually handled? Because uh, I believe there are a lot of like cyber attack like almost probably every day. Uh, probably some of them are on the news, some are not. So what are the common and latest uh, cases that you have handled? Okay, I'll just like, uh, Dexter, we have to start or may yeah. I? Okay, so the, you mean the common latest cases that we have handled or is it the latest cyber breaches in Singapore? Yeah, anything that you think the audience should know. Mm, I you think, know? okay, let's start with those, uh, the latest news that happened in Singapore, but we didn't handle these cases. So <clears throat> the latest few would be, I'm sure everybody has been seeing Razor and also Red Doors and Shopback. These three big names has been having a data breach recently. So a lot of them has been saying that credit uh, telling everybody on the news that oh don't worry, the credit card data has not been leaked. But the thing that has been leaked out are all the personal particulars and personal data of all the users. That's what happened recently. And also yeah, those are some of the yeah. major news. Sorry, Dexter, go ahead. Oh, no and also Grab has also recently been fined because their mobile app has also been exposing the personal data of drivers and also passengers of Grab Hitch. That was what has been happening recently. Yeah, so Andy, you can add on. Yeah, and I'll just like to touch on um, incidents or cases by our clients that we personally handle. For example, every month, right, I would say typically we would get requests from um, potential clients for two to three ransomware cases. So you'll be surprised that actually ransomware, even in Singapore, okay, it's, a, it's something that businesses face. So for example, even in this month, right, the month of September, we had to, you know, uh, purchase a Bitcoin, you know, to get the decryption key for one client who got ransomware, right? So their server was encrypted, their corporate files could not be accessed, and we had to come in, we had to try to, uh, what do you call that, uh, de-encrypt the files. But it was a new ransomware. There's no decryption key available online. So that's what we, we had to do for our client. We even had clients, right, even in this month itself, that one of their software got hacked. And they were initially selling a, a virtual event. So it was a paid event. But the hacker came in, he changed certain things and blasted out free tickets to all, okay, all their contact lists for the company. So you could imagine the headache that he went through, right? We had to assist them to perform a, a police case, uh, it was a very big thing, right? It was a very troublesome experience for the client. So these are some of the things that we experience okay, every month, right? Every week we have these queries coming in, businesses get hacked, right? They have ransomware. So these are some of the things uh, that we think is quite interesting and it's always, you know, both disheartening to learn that businesses have to go through this. Yet what we always try to stress is that with proper cyber hygiene, okay, necessary protection, all this could actually be avoided. But why do you, why does you know all this attack actually happen? Uh, what are the ways that they can prevent it other than uh, having a DPO? Uh, is there any way that they can do it? Yeah, so a lot of these uh, SME owners, they actually have a bad misconception where they say, oh, nobody is going to target them because they are very small SME. The hacker will just attack the big boys. They won't attack us because we are too small. But little do they know that the hackers are actually not targeting people based on 
big, whether you're big or small. There's a search engine for hackers where they can actually check and find out all the vulnerabilities that you're actually using. Maybe example, your computers are all Windows 7. There's a search engine for hackers to find out all the Windows 7 devices in Singapore. And now Windows 7 is end of life already. This is why all the ransomwares are coming in because there's no more security patches by Microsoft for Windows 7. So a lot of our uh, clients that are coming in, are they're still using Windows 7 and now their files are encrypted. Now they, they cannot get back their 10 years of accounting data and their customer data are all, even the invoices, all the supplier details are also all locked up now and contracts especially. This is yeah. what... And and just to add on also, that there's also even uh, tools, out there, tools out there that hackers use, they will be able to search all the WordPress sites in the world, right? And if you do not update your WordPress site uh, regularly, right? Or if outdated plugins, you don't monitor it uh, regularly, or you do not even install security plugins, that's when hackers using automated tools are, it's no hassle to them. They will be able to identify your site and also use automated tools to hack your site, vandalize it or bring it down or access your database. So actually hackers now are very sophisticated. It's not a hassle to them. And again, like what Dexter mentioned, they don't have to necessarily go after the big boys. Okay, the big boys, yes, may be able to pay more, but they also pay more for their security, right? So as an SME, they, they may be thinking, oh, you don't spend a lot on security. You put it on the back burner. You don't really prioritize your security. So it's easier to hack you, for example. That's when they can go after you for a small amount of ransom as well. Even $10,000, $20,000 for you to retrieve back your corporate data. Would you be willing to pay? I'm very sure a lot of business owners would have no choice but to pay that amount and the hacker is happy. Yeah, mm. and a lot of these companies, their employees or even the administrator of the company is using default password or even using same passwords across multiple devices or even using simple passwords such as 123456. So we have a lot of cases where the MailChimp has been hacked and just, just now Andy has said that our, our client had um, all the events tickets were sent out right to all their contact lists was because their password was too simple. They were using something like 123456 and that's how the hacker went in. There was, it wasn't it was even a hack per se. Yeah. Yeah. yeah thanks and so also sure. in terms of, uh, sorry, just to add on also, no in terms problem. of forensics, right? Post incident. Okay. When you want to identify how did the attack vector come in? Why did this incident happen? So we also find out that a lot of companies just to save a few dollars per month, right? For a subscription-based service, right? A SaaS model. So let's say for, for example, MailChimp, right? If you only buy one monthly account, you do not buy, let's say four or five, but four or five of your employees are using the same account. When we attempt to do forensics uh, post-incident, that's when we are we find it very hard to do so because we cannot identify now eh, whose account was the one that got compromised, right? Uh, through audit trails, because all are using the same account, they'll be finger pointing. And this is also what PDBC don't want to see, right? Yeah. So yes. it seems like it doesn't, you know, just apply to Singapore registered company because global company, they also will face the same issue. Uh, hacking will happen anywhere, but even individual, like you mentioned about the password, if you set the very simple password, things like that. Okay. So uh, because we deal with uh, quite a number of like foreign companies, uh, so they have been asking, uh, will they be liable for any data breaches involving uh, in Singapore, uh, although they are not a Singapore registered company? Because we understand okay. that, let's say if it's uh, European, uh, in Europe, there's another, um, you know, privacy. GDPR. 
GDPR. So uh, for GDPR, if you are not, even not a European registered company, you will be liable. So can you explain yeah. a little bit more about the Singapore case? Sure, I'll, I'll take this. So example, if you are a company that you possess personal data of EU residents or citizens, even if you are based here or based in other countries, even not in the EU region, you will be, uh, you have to stay compliant to the GDPR. So the ICO, right, they will still come after you uh, if there's a breach of such data. Or you may be based overseas, you're a total foreign company, you're not even based in Singapore, you process the personal data or any data of even Singaporeans. Based on your jurisdiction, your data protection regulator will come after you respectively. So different countries, uh, almost all of the privacy laws, more or less a huge portion is the same on your protection obligations, your, your retentions, and how you disclose to third parties. Right? But as of now, the GDPR is the most stringent data protection regulation or law in the world. They have the highest penalties and you know businesses really do not try to play around with the GDPR. So businesses overseas that fall under GDPR compliance really, really have to spend a huge amount to be compliant. Uh, did I answer your question? Yes. But how can okay. uh, Privacy Ninja actually help a uh, foreign-based company uh, like our clients, things like that? Okay, for foreign companies based overseas, but they do handle um, personal data, based on their jurisdiction, okay, we will be able to help them make sure that their privacy policies are in place, good practices are uh, being performed, right? Recommended changes to their business processes, activities, right? With in keeping in mind that they should collect as little personal data as possible, purge it or delete it whenever there's no longer a necessary need. And of course, to be fully compliant to their jurisdiction's data protection law. Yeah. So, yeah, a lot of these overseas companies do actually also appoint us as their DPO and also yeah. engage us to do consultancy work. We can help them be GDPR compliant. We can help them even do penetration tests remotely to test their website and mobile apps that are collecting data. Yeah, this is some of the things that we do. Yeah. So for a VAPT, also known as a vulnerability assessment, penetration testing, we can do it remotely and we do it remotely because we are simulating a real world attack. So for a black hat hacker, right, the notorious hackers, the malicious ones, they do not need your permission to hack your systems, to hack your network, hack your applications because it's already internet facing. So they don't need your permission, they just come after you. Right? So we are the white hat hackers, the good guys that come in, get your permission and try to hack you and we generate a report to let you know where your vulnerabilities are what bugs exist if you are able to access your systems. So businesses will quickly patch up the needful okay, and be better protected before the bad guys can come in. All right, thank you. 